sweat the technique. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Have you accepted the fate as just a wild card team in the American League? Poncho says wild card. There's still 42 games left in the season. Then he gave me a yellow card. Um, I haven't accepted the wild card. I did see somebody was in my Twitter mentions today and said, yeah, look, I've conceded the division. I'm just looking at the wild card race now. You you didn't go all the way there, Blankers, no. whenever you're doing the cash and trash, but you're like, hey, I'm looking in the rear view a little bit. Yep. I'm looking at Seattle a little bit, who's four games behind the Astros. Now, the Astros are two games ahead of Toronto as well. They're the second of three wild cards, so there's a team in between uh, the Astros and Seattle, but there are some Astro fans that are out there. I'm not one of them. Blankers isn't one of them. I don't know if Joe George is one of them. That are certainly not conceding the division yet. They're not putting up the white flag conceding. yet. I mean, three games, three and a half games, 42 games left to play. Certainly not conceding. And the Astros have a three-game series with the Rangers still to play. The Rangers are hot. Astros have been playing fine. The Astros have been playing good baseball after the All-Star break. I will say this, though. Three and a half games back with 42 games left to play is it's not insurmountable, but it's daunting. That's a big well, lead with 42 games That's why games I said back. I started to feel a little uneasy because, of course, what I've been starting to do more and more is the minute the Astros game is either out of reach or over, I flip over and see what the Rangers are doing. When I see them continually winning games, I start feeling a little more uneasy with every one of those games, looking at the records going, well, it's four in the loss column. Thank goodness they still have a series to be played against the Rangers. But my God, I mean, we keep thinking with injuries and everything else that, you know, as much as the Astros are getting healthy and still winning series, but yet not getting, you know, gaining games, the Rangers just seems like they're having one of those years where they might be tough to catch. And so I am getting more concerned. I still believe in the Astros. I still believe they can catch the Rangers. And I really love the fact that they get to at least have one more head-to-head against them. But, yeah, I'm a little more uneasy than than I have been all season in the fact that I think it might just might not be in the cards for them to win the division. Look, we, we were all over the fact that the Rangers made their club a lot better this offseason, hiring Bruce Bochy, I mean, really good manager, mm-hmm. uh, getting to some production. Now, Jonah Himes more than likely out for the year. Josh Young, I, I have a hard time seeing him come back as well. So they've lost some key pieces to their offense. But even at the start of the season, before they made the trade for Max Scherzer, before they made the trade for Aroldis Chapman, before they made the trade for Jordan Montgomery, they added real-life starting pitchers to their roster in free agency. John Gray, you know, Eovaldi, does he come back? He, I, I understand he's throwing again, but he? does he make it all the way back? We'll see. Andrew Heaney's a real big leaguer. So the, the Rangers did a lot in the offseason to improve the team, from manager to the pitching Tried staff. Tried DeGrom. It's just, obviously, we kind of saw that one coming. They spent a lot of money on DeGrom. Yeah. And then Max Scherzer's been pitching really well since he's joined the Rangers. He's 3-0 with a 180 ERA, and he dominated yesterday. So the Rangers are for real. Like, this isn't a conversation of like, – because a lot of – like, throughout this entire season, I think there were Rangers doubters. Oh, they'll fall away. Uh, they're not going to keep it up. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, Breaking news I've just been handed an Tuesday? urgent news story. Stop what urgent? you're doing and listen. What is this? The Houston Astros have can be placed – Michael Brantley on a rehab. I thought it was coming. I thought it was coming. Huh. I thought it was coming. With the Sugarland Space Cowboys. They, they yes. start a 12 game homestand today. Oh, my the God. The Spacers do. Because there was a quote from Vanessa. Vanessa used to be our colleague, and then she left us for greener pastures. Yeah. She, um, what'd you call well, it? really dumped you guys. I wasn't here yet. I mean, we didn't work with her. Yeah, she dumped We didn't Paul. hire her. And Paul's still, her. Paul's yeah, still, still solo and lonely. 
I guess he has Sean. But uh, Vanessa Vanessa's filling in for uh, Julia Morales in, in Miami this week, and she tweeted their pregame scrum, and they were like, yeah, Michael Brantley's not on this trip. And then Dusty said something about how he's with his dad back home and that whenever – because his dad's like a, like an instructional and hitting And Mickey Brantley coach. used to play in the bigs. Yeah, so yeah. he's like – he's legit like swing coach type of guy. So Dusty said whenever daddy's in town, like he's close. So reading that quote, I'm like, okay, I immediately looked at the Spacers schedule and they start a 12-game homestand today. So I'm like, it wouldn't shock me if, if Michael Brantley starts a rehab assignment like in the next day or two. Wow, you guys can follow all of the Space Cowboys action yeah. right here on ESPN 92.5 FM. How about I that, like Joe I George? like the cheap pop. I like the Great cheap job, plug. Guys. Very very that was well done. That was well done. Well, he gave the nice thumbs. I up. I gave the thumbs up. Joel, congratulations! You well done. Job. Shut up, Joel. nice. We're a team here. So okay. So if he starts a rehab assignment today, if he starts a rehab, is, is it today that they say it's going to be today? Uh, he's going on a rehab. Lineup yet, but if he's going on a rehab assignment and they announce it today, that means they start the clock on the rehab assignment today. So I'm imagining he plays today. I don't think he plays today. I think they he, wouldn't I have think started he, it then. They would they would wait till tomorrow to start his rehab assignment because there's a clock, 20 days. Right, for I, position know that. I know that, but I think that you know how he likes it. He, well, then why wouldn't they wait till tomorrow? Uh, I, I mean, because Astros, be, they he, just tweeted that he's, that he's going to be in uniform tonight. In uniform, but will he play? <laughs> that's, that's, why would you put him in the through, uniform yeah, and start his 20 days if he's not going to play? He's going to swing a bat in Sugar Land tonight. Okay. You wouldn't start the clock. I, I just, whatever, I don't even care. I, I just, because all it is to me is, is icing and sprinkles. Because <laughs> for as much as you get excited, I need to remind everybody, been through this dance a time or two. Been through a couple games with the Space Cowboys. Been through the fact he even played some first base. Been through the fact that he played the outfield and he got at bats and he did this and he did that. You know what he did then? He experienced discomfort. You know what happened after that? They shut him down. You know what happened after that? He disappeared except for having some really big expensive sunglasses on to be a glorified cheerleader for the rest of the season. And we haven't seen him in an Astros uniform all year. I said it before. I will say it again. I will not get excited or even say the man's name if I can help it until he actually puts an Astros uniform back on. Wet blanket blankers, man. I'm tired of hearing about sprinkles and icing. Are you ever happy? Yeah, I am. <laughs> he just threw a wet blanket on the breaking story. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You know not, how many no. times we've heard about sprinkles and icing? <laughs> I detect no lies here, but okay. I, I, there's, I'm sure there's excitement with the Astros fan base right now that Uncle Mike is one step closer to, to finding that shoulder Who inflammation once again. when you brought again? up the, the, the take it right now or leave it situation of Michael Brantley... Yeah. Dang it, I said it. Sprinkles and ice cream being your glorified bat-off-the-bench pinch hitter, and that's all you can have him for yeah. for the rest of the year in the play. That's what he's going to be. Remember I said that. That's when, what I when, just said. Did, I gave you credit I, for I know that. you did. When, did. when did I say that? Like, I, how long did, ago It was before the All-Star break. A like long, six weeks ago? It was at least it was probably ago. about six weeks ago. I remember I remember saying, would you take Michael Brantley as only a pinch hitter the rest like, of the no, year? I was like, no, you spent $12 million <laughs> plus on him. There's no way. I want him in left field, blah, blah, blah. And, I just, and then that's about the time I said, okay, I'm done with it. I'm, after he they shut him down again, I'm like, done with this crap. If we get past the All-Star break and we're still <laughs> dealing with a guy that hasn't put on an Astros jersey, I'm not speaking. Look, you're, I mean, everything you said is 100% right. I'm, ha- I'm just having a little fun with the wet blanket blankers because everybody's excited that Brantley's back. <laughs> you just poo-pooed it, accurately yeah. poo-pooed it, but uh, poo-pooed it. Now, and I hesitate to have this conversation, how do you deploy Michael Brantley? But let's, let's be optimistic here because the Killer Bees are always optimistic. Let's be optimistic for a second. Let's say Michael Brantley goes down to the Spacers. He's not overmatched. He looks fine. He looks like he's still a big leaguer. He doesn't get the shoulder inflammation again that potentially could ruin his career. How do the Astros deploy Michael Brantley Boy. if it's some, some, what do you call them, sprinkles and sprinkles cherries and, uh, and icing? Yeah, sprinkles and icing. It, oh, you're talking about from a cake perspective, yeah. not a cherry yeah, on top like of the icing sundae. on the cake with sprinkles. So 
How do you deploy them if uh, icing and sprinkles can make it back? Well, it's interesting because I think that Yiner, and we just got done talking about how much he should be playing every day. I think it's going to be a situation where it could be an either or sometimes because if Michael Brantley's in left, then Jordan's DHing, and if 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 Jordan's in left, now you got a guy that Dusty probably trusts a lot more than Michael Brantley because of his experiences, and I think that that's where Yiner is going to be in a problem situation, in a quandary with Dusty, because now do you play Yiner at first base, which Dusty doesn't seem to want to do, and you've got to believe at a certain point uh, Brave's going to be back. I think aside from catching, this could really this could be a, this could hurt Yiner because I think that Dusty will be more likely, if he gets sprinkles and icing back on the roster, to use him as, uh, on a pretty frequent basis. Yeah. Um, I think it depends if he can play first base or not. If he plays first base, he might just be your first baseman. Like if John Singleton struggles, he he doesn't you know continue to get on base a lot. He doesn't hit the ball hard. I think Michael Brantley could take. What's that? He could struggle against lefties too. So could Brantley though. Like that's the is like you're you're adding like your first base mix right now with Noah Brayu. Are we including Yiner Diaz in this conversation? But if we do include, not, I don't. Yeah, you're probably right. But even if you do include Yiner in this conversation, Singleton into this conversation, Michael Brantley in this conversation, you have three guys who don't hit lefties well. So, like, you have a very crowded first base position with three guys who all hit righties and don't hit lefties well. Now, if Brantley can give you a little bit in the outfield, which I don't know if he can. Now, the good thing is not his throwing shoulder, so I'm assuming he can throw. His right shoulder isn't going to prevent him from running, so I'm assuming that he can still cover a little bit of ground. Like, he could play left field when you're on DHs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe they have a 50-50 split. You're on your DH in this day, so Brantley, you're in left. Brantley, you're DH in this day, so you're on your in but left. But then Yiner, where do you put him when he's not catching? Um, I mean, I, I do think it, it cuts into his at-bats. Yeah, and that now, bothers me. I would, I mean, the easy answer, and Dusty will never do this, is you just catch him. You yeah, just, you and just he, catch won't, him. he will not do it, and he should. You're right, especially if you're playing catch-up and you're trying to solidify a playoff spot or, or catch the Rangers. That's your best offensive line, lineup. He won't do it, especially with certain pitchers. Yeah, you're, you're more than likely Brantley's a pinch hitter. And, and if Brantley can show you that he's – not getting inflammation, if he doesn't have a setback, which are all of these are very huge what-ifs, uh, if he proves he can do it day-to-day, that's whenever you start to have, should I be inserting him in my starting lineup? But I think they're, they're going to try to ease him back. They're going to give him, I don't know how many days with the spacers. I imagine it wouldn't be a ton, maybe like 10 games or so. Um, try to get him up as a pinch hitter. Let's see. Also, rosters expand September, September 1st. Yeah. So that's 15 days, 14 days, whatever the math is on that, 15 days, 16 days. Um, you can play Brantley if they remember they played him every other day. The yeah, that's, first time that's around. what I was referring to when we were talking about would he play tonight or not. I'm like, well, they're not going to play him back to back days. So maybe if he's just going down, he'll be in uniform tonight. He'll take BP. He'll he'll get loose, shag some fly balls, do some things, and then be ready to play tomorrow night. Yeah, but they're not going to start the clock though if he if he was not playing. The clock, I don't think the clock's going to be fully run out anyway. I think they're going to activate like you said. I think by September. But 1st, if he wasn't or- going to play till tomorrow, they would have just done it to be safe. He's going to be in the lineup tonight. Okay. Uh, again, regardless, I think that the situation could arise where if you play him on a day where Yiner's behind the plate and you DH him or play left field, That's sexy. And, and he it's a phenomenal lineup, and then if he gets a couple of hits, if he gets a double knock day, Dusty's going to be inclined to do it again. If he does it again, now you're going to start thinking about the fact that I got to have the bats for this guy too, and I don't want it. To be, this is where it bothers me. I think Dusty might look at it and go, well, then Yiner's not going to get as many appearances at the plate. That's ridiculous to me. That's where Maldi doesn't get as many appearances at the plate. That's where it has to be 
you know, rubber hits the road, and I got to go for my best go for it offensive lineup, and that's Brantley in the lineup, yeah. Jordan in the lineup, and Yiner, assuming Brantley is hitting the ball well. Give me, give me the hitters. Like, give me if, if if it's an upgrade, give that to me and make me force myself into a decision. Like, force Dusty into a decision. So, like, yeah, give me give me the best hitters. Brantley, if he's healthy, he's more utilized on this roster than than David Hensley, uh, than Gray Kessinger. Kessinger. So, like, yeah. yeah, give me give me Michael Brantley over those guys if he shows that he can make it through this rehab assignment this time, which he didn't do the previous time, which is a major if, major if, and then force Dusty into some difficult decisions. I want there to be difficult decisions offensively because it means you have some good, good options. Yeah. Now, there are some holes in this lineup where you don't have great options. Offensively, catcher is not a great option. That's it's a black hole. That's a negative there. Quite honestly, first base has been all year long. Outside of June and July, Jose Abreu pre-June, post-July has been a negative. John Singleton currently, he's getting on base. He had a couple of home runs. He's He's been an, an underachieving first baseman. Now, he hasn't had much sample. He, he deserves more runway, more time to play. But if you're expecting Singleton to be a plus offensive player at first base, that's probably lofty. Great story. I think he should be playing every day at first base. If Yiner's not in that conversation for now, let's see how it plays out. Maybe Singleton can prove us all wrong. But you, you can upgrade the catcher position, and it's easy to do that with Yiner. And it's easy to upgrade at the first base position if Singleton gives you anything, if Abreu only plays against lefties, and if Michael Brantley can get back up here. 713-780-3776. How optimistic are you with the news that Michael Brantley's beginning a rehab assignment tonight? How do you deploy Michael Brantley? And we'll get back to the other conversation as well. Have you accepted wild card for the Astros? Three and a half games back, 42 to play. And if it is wild card for the Astros, does it change your World Series hopes at all? for the Strohs. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph procedure. He does a lot of things. He's also a plastic surgeon, but the bottom line is I have personal firsthand experience with Doc Linville because of the Neograph procedure. It's getting your own hair back. Genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head. And a lot of people don't realize that. When you realize that and then realize Doc Linville can take some of that hair where you're going to always have plenty, put it where you need it most. A lot of people need it with their hairline in front or they got that baboon's butt showing on the top of their head and you have pattern baldness or just flat-out bald spots you think there's nothing you can do about, you actually can't. It's not sprays and creams and foams that mask the problem. It's actually solving the problem. The hair that he's going to transplant, it is going to stay. It is going to grow. It is going to get longer. It's going to get stronger. And the good news is it's going to be with you for the long haul because it's coming for us from a spot on your head where it's never going to go away. So, therefore, it takes care of the problem. Now, instead of looking in the mirror with no self-confidence and realizing I either got to shave it off or I got to start wearing a rug because I'm not going to get my hair back. Well, instead, you can get your hair back. Self-confidence comes with it. You like the way your appearance looks in the mirror. You feel better on a daily basis. I believe in this procedure, and I had it done. And the one thing that really won me over was when Doc said, hey, 95 to 99% of the follicles I'm going to move are going to be with you for the long haul. I mean, that's a game changer for me. There could be other bullet points that make sense for you. But for ESPN listeners, the big thing is you can get a consultation with Doc and his staff. It normally costs 150 bucks. You get it for absolutely free for being a listener to ESPN 97.5. All you got to do is go to 975hair.com, book the appointment. No obligation, no cash out of pocket. Just go and ask questions. Get answers, find out all the information you need, and see if the procedure is right for you. That's all I can ask you to do. I would not speak for Doc Lindell if I didn't believe in the procedure. You might be the next in line like me and Granado and so many others. Check him out today. Go to 975hair.com. 
Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. What is wrong with Dusty Baker's lineup? Is he The lineup is out tonight for Game 2. Christian Javier, of course, is on the mound. The Astros try to level the series. Do you know who Javier is pitching opposite of today? Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto's still in the league? Uh, Bar- Bartolo Colon's ready in the bullpen. Like Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto was a White Sox last year? Uh, if it wasn't Giants? last year, it's been recently. Yo, I think Giants was like his heyday. Kansas City was his heyday. Maybe with the White Sox. Yeah, Cue- I think Cueto but that actually been had in, the Astros uh, number. That would have been in 21, right? I think so. That would have been 21. He had the Astros number in a couple of starts. I, I want to say a year or so ago. Uh, before that, he's with the Giants. He's had a long career. He's yeah. Came up with the Royals. We were just talking about guys that have worn a lot of jerseys because I said Dotel wore a ton of jerseys, but he had a couple of good Actually, years he came with the up, Astros. He came up with the, with the Reds, and they got traded. No, no, I know he, he was a Red originally. But right, I'm I saying, said that because yeah. I said the Royals. He came up with the Royals. I was wrong. He played with the Royals, but he came up with, the, uh, with Cincinnati. Yeah, he's 37 years old. Johnny Cueto. He's a good immaculate grid player. He does kind of the Louis Tiant thing, too, where he'll do the pauses in his wind-up and his leg kick and try and keep you off balance that way. But he had the Astros number like two years ago. Johnny Cueto. Yeah, he was with the White Sox last year. So he was with the Giants 21. I don't know if the Astros saw him in the playoffs then. They wouldn't have seen him in the playoffs. During Um, the regular season, I know he had at least one good start against the Astros, I believe. Yeah, I believe you. So Johnny Cueto pitches tonight. 0-3 record, 533 ERA. Christian Javier for the Astros, which has been a bit of a roller coaster. More ebbs right now for Javier. More of the valley than the peaks for Javier. signs he's getting it right. Signs he's getting it right. Uh, We'll see what he does. This is a good park for Javier, though, because it's a big park. And he's a fly ball pitcher, which if you have Javier on the mound, it means you probably need to deploy your defensive outfield, which Dusty Baker is doing today. Uh, Dusty Baker is going with his defensive outfield. Now, there is a very interesting uh, development with Dusty Baker's lineup today. Okay. I was going to say before that, did you watch the game last night, Joe? The, the big, the big takeaway for me last night when you say it was a, it's a very spacious outfield is one thing. Uh-huh. Boy, the ball just doesn't carry there. There were several at bats where I thought a ball was going to get out and maybe even get out rather easily that just hung up and was caught at the track or right at the base of the wall. I'm like, man, that's a tough ballpark to hit a dong out of. It's the Miami humidity, the thick air with the roof shut. Yeah, the I just humidity the- exists. The air exists inside of domes. Right, but if you're blowing air conditioning in there, it's a lot different. You don't than think if you there's the humidity in there? It, it's retractable too, isn't it? So there's probably I think gaps. So. I just missed the giant yeah. ch- statue thing. Uh, no, outside. they showed it outside. Blum- Blummer outside. didn't even know where it was. But thank God they got rid of that thing. You don't like it? The only thing no. Derek Jeter was, was good. God awful. The owner's not very happy about it. Happy about what? Jeffrey, that, that, he, that Jeter got rid of it. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Jeffrey Lorio had comments about it. Well, they had some kind of an agreement back. with it that it, was, it had to stay. <laughs> hard, You're man. the owner. <laughs> it had, they, there was some agreement behind it, too, that it had to stay and be a part of the stadium for a certain amount of time. So when Jeter made the decision, then they, they had to relocate it outside the stadium but on the grounds. Oh. Okay. The artist commissioned, had, there was some agreement with that. It's a historical marker. It can't be moved so. from the it's grounds. Like the, it's, it's, like the it's like the Alamo. <laughs> yeah, it's like it the Astrodome. <laughs> that mural is like so the dome. Uh, but Dusty's Baker is out. What is wrong with Dusty Baker's lineup? 713-780-3776. He leads it off with Altuve at second. Alex Bregman's back into the second spot playing third like against it. a righty. Like Kyle Tucker is batting third okay. in right field. Jordan's your DH and your cleanup man. 
Yiner Diaz catches Christian Javier for the second time like this it. season. He bats fifth, catches. John Singleton like at first, hits sixth. Chaz McCormick in left, hits seventh. Pena at short, hits eighth. And Myers in center and bats ninth. Like it a lot. That's probably the best lineup you can have at Miami with Javier on the mound. That's perfect. Are we, are we death lineuping that? You, know, you want to call it a death lineup? That's- that's the best line. Are we going to death line up that? Death yeah. line up because if Singleton is better than Abreu, then it's a then there's there's more of a murderous death than it, than our previous death a, lineup against a righty. I, I would take Singleton over Abreu. Yeah, yeah. And against Tucker a Alvarez lefty back to back. Maybe Abreu. Um, yeah, they're back to back because you have a righty on the mound. Now they're flipped from what we were accustomed to last series because Tucker's hitting third and Jordan's hitting fourth. But I have no problem with that. I told you the guys this yesterday: Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, Alvarez. In some order, in my first four, I don't care how you order them. So my sudden cool death this. lineup will be if sprinkles and icing makes it back, and he's DHing. Yiner's behind the plate. Yiner and uh, Jordan's in left field. Then offensively, that would be my sudden. Yeah, death. I don't like that at this park and with Javier pitching. Right, but, but some that's other my situations death down the road we like, see that lineup. Like if Fromber's pitching or Hunter Brown's pitching, we have a ground ball guy and Chaz is in center, not not Jake. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's gotta my be- ultimate sudden death lineup. I'm with you. I'm with you with certain pitchers. Right, I, don't, I, right. I want. I want Jake. Not every night. Jake should be Christian Javier's personal center fielder. Like Just Dubon pitcher, is yeah. Verlander's personal center fielder. Yep. Because I, I want my best outfielder, especially with a big park. I, I like this lineup from Dusty. And I, I tip my cap to Dusty Baker because sometimes I'm critical of Dusty Baker. Just listen to today's show. Yiner Diaz catching Javier. I tip my cap to that, Dusty Baker. Yeah, that's your best defensive lineup, Tucker and Wright, and then and Chaz and Jake. Sure. Yeah, they're going to cover some ground. Absolutely. But the storyline here is Yiner catching oh, no Javier. That's, yep. uh, that's fascinating to me. That's fascinating well, that Christian Javier. There's so much to kind of keep an eye on. I think offensively the potency is there for this, this whole lineup to send the message and show what it can do. And then, like you said, if this works out, we've seen progress from Javier. If Javier really has a good outing tonight, and and Diaz is behind the plate, well, then this should be a wake-up call for Dusty Baker, and this should send a message around the organization that this is something we need to start seeing more often. Hope so. Hope you're right. 44-88, totally agree, Pac-Man. Uh, Longhorn Juan Blankers is absolutely right. He's the icing and sprinkles you buy for your toddler's birthday cake that sits in the fridge and pantry until the birthday rolls back around. Hopefully Brantley's if birthday rolls back around this year, year. Can you use it? I mean, if this is a birthday, the sprinkles you, do it once you a can. Year. I don't know how frosting works. I'm not a baker. I'm not either, but frosting seems like one of those things is once you pop the top on the can, you can't use it a year later. It feels like there's some da- some dairy there. Yeah. Probably some dairy there. 3403, I don't want to accept wild card, but with Dusty running this team the way he is, I have to accept it. I think some fans are actually there. I think some people are actually having that thought. I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on the timeline. Uh, 1567, Jonah Heim is already back. I, I just pulled it up. You're right. He's played in one game. He's, he's played in one game. I'm surprised that Heim is back already as well. Uh, Ocho, the Rangers are, are too consistent, and the Astros are too inconsistent. Plus, Dusty isn't managing the team with a sense of urgency. Like that's a that's a topic of conversation right now. Is that uh, Dusty's not acting like a serious manager? That they're three and a half games back with forty two to play, and he's he's acting like it's just slightly above spring training. Ar Platinum, one bad week or one injury can flip it around for either team. One hundred and sixty two is a long season. One hundred and sixty two is a long season. But yeah. now there's forty two games left. You've already played one hundred and twenty of those. There's forty two left, and you're three and a half back. So I agree. Ar Platinum, one hundred and sixty two is a long season, and the Astros have already felt. How it's a long season. Luis Garcia, Lance McCullers, Jose Abreu, uh, Jordan Alvarez. The list goes on and on. You have 42 left to go, and you're three and a half back. That's the reality of the situation after the first 120 of those 162. 
Uh, Ocho, yeah, I'm in wild card mode. I just want the Astros to get healthy and get hot going into the playoffs, which does bring up that next question. If the Astros are a wild card, does that change what you think of the Astros' World Series desires, the World Series hopes that you have? No. I, I think that, especially from a manager standpoint, too, you think Dusty's one of those guys, just the way he's managing right now, with, the, with, with we just heard about what we've already talked about, which is there just doesn't seem the same kind of, uh, a different kind of sense of urgency because you're not 10 games up. But the fact that I think the entire team feels like if we're healthy and we go into the playoffs, whether we're wild card or win the division, we'll take on anybody, any place, anytime, anywhere, and, and expect to win. And I would expect them to. I, I would expect this team, as long as they're in the playoffs and they're healthy, to be able to compete with anybody on any stage. Look what they went through on the road with the, all the, the jeers and all the, the criticism and the, the hecklers and all the crap that they dealt with for years. They thrive on it. They love going into a hostile environment and excelling. And I think that if this team is healthy, they can play with anybody. And that's why I, I fully expect, whether they're the wild card or win the division, I expect them to be playing in the World Series against the Braves. 713-780 ESPN. Same thing for me. Like The Astros had the pedigree. I, I still have World Series aspirations, even if they're in the wild card. Now, the realistic part of me understands that I want to avoid a three-game series. Anything can happen in a three-game series. Anything can happen in baseball. Anything can happen in a five-game or a seven-game series. I want to avoid a three-game series at all costs, but even if that's the Astros' lot in life, look, I'm, I'm confident in the Houston Astros. 713-780-3776. Will of Bits is next. Let's see what the Will has in store. Let's see what Joe George has in store for us next. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. The best, most informed sports talk noon to three, it's the Killer Bees. Joe Blank and Jeremy Brenham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the Will of Bits, let's go out to the HRMP listener line, get Troy in here. Troy, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's up, Troy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. I couldn't call in earlier. I was busy. But I want to touch, touch on something you talked about. Bromber and and JB really wanting Maldi behind the plate to catch for them. Seems to me like they would want the best offensive line put together to try to assure them a win. And Maldi being in that lineup doesn't do that. When Yiner's in the lineup, it, it's better. And to me, it's just... I don't know, man. I'm not sure that they – I know they're confident with him behind the plate, but Yiner's proved more than once he can call and catch a good baseball game, and uh, I'm just not sure about that. I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate the call, Troy. Um, look, I preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir. Now, as term like pitchers do appreciate – a catcher that they like throwing to. It's the comfortable well, it's a comfort level. Sure, it's a comfort level. It's a comfort level. It's being able to guide a guy through a game. Like we can look at the Maldi pop time. We can look at his arm. We can look at the pass balls leads the league for back to back season. We can look at all that stuff. But it's it's the comfort of having that person calling your game. That person that you're throwing to. That that does exist. That is tangible. We just can't define it. Now it doesn't go to the point where I'm wanting. Martin Maldonado to play it's, over Yiner Diaz. Though. It's trust and respect. It's the fact that when you look even at Brayu, but you look at some of the older guys too, especially in the bullpen. When Maldi says puts the the two hands up and is like, "Calm down, ease up," or he goes out to talk to them, they immediately they listen because he's a veteran. When Yiner does that, some of the older guys, fairly or unfairly, will kind of roll their eyes a little bit or be like, "All right, just get back behind the plate and let's do this." And I think that the, that's the mental part of pitching. 
when you have a trust and a respect for the, your receiver behind the plate, it can make a difference just mentally when your frame of mind and you're in attack mode and you, you're 100% trust the guy behind the plate. It actually means something. And I'm not saying that, that they don't trust Yiner. It's just that a lot of these guys have worked for a long time with Maldi, and so they do have a comfort level with him that they're developing when it comes to Yiner. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Time now for the Wheel of Bits. What does the Wheel have in store for us today? It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for random question. Here's Joel and Jeremy, and Joe. I uh, I might be a little. It's time for random questions. That's right. There we go. Hey! Oh, Jeremy got it before you I did. got that one right today. That's impressive. How many random questions do we have? We have one. One? It's going to take a while. So, so it's S2D2. It's not very good at grammar. He said question. Yeah, I just didn't prepare more than one. So He's a sorry, yeah, He's not throwing S2D2 under the bus. He's throwing me under the bus. Yeah, he did. All he right. Did. So for some reason or another, over the last two shows... The names James Harden and Jack Easterby have come up. Yesterday we talked about James Harden uh-huh. with the calling Daryl Moore a liar. Uh-huh. Uh, Joel mentioned Jack Easterby today just in talking about you know the negative storylines of the past for the Texans. So my random question is this. If one must return to their organization, would you rather have James Harden back on the Rockets, Jack Easterby back with the Texans, or Mike Fires back with the Astros? Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe woke up and chose violence. Yeah, he did. One's got to come back. Wow. I mean, the, the only answer is the beard. Yeah. It's the only feasible answer that you could save any shred of dignity. Because of the, of the three guys, the one guy at lack, actually did some good things while he was here. You can nitpick, and, and you can don't have to nitpick. You can point at a lot of negative things with all three. But the other two, there ain't a whole lot of positives besides a fire's no-hitter. I would say that this is a slam dunk that James Harden is the only answer here. Yeah, Jack Easterby doesn't have any positives in his career, like at all. Uh, he didn't have a, like a winning season with the Houston Texans. He might have had one early. Um, but Jack Easterby's gone. Like He gets credited, he, along with GM O'Brien, to bring the entire organization down to rock bottom that the Texans are still trying to climb out of that hole. So you can eliminate him. Fires... Fires is just dumb. Like, Fires is an idiot. I don't think Fires understood what he was doing when Fires started I talking. Agree with that. But he, he also hated the, He didn't. But he also hated the Astros. I also think that Fires understood that it was, like, pretty prevalent in Major League Baseball. So he didn't realize how, like, how big a bombshell that was going to be. But don't you think that he, he only hates the Astros because of his own doing? Because of the fact that his own inabilities to get the job done? Mm. That they decided to keep him off the playoff roster? You just said it, though, there. They decided to keep him off the playoff but roster. But wouldn't, wouldn't any any rational organization where the guy's not pitching well do the exact same thing? I remember it being a pretty crowded pitching staff that year, though. I don't think he was, like, poor. I think he was, like, okay. Like, he wasn't Because he, he was Odorizzi before Odorizzi. He was bitching and using the media and trying to say I'm healthy and they won't pitch me and I need to pitch more and I'm ready to go. They're just not ready to have me kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he was actually probably a little worse than I remembered. I think he was up. also just pretty well disliked amongst the clubhouse by the players. Didn't get along with them. Because kind of he was a, bitchy whining. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good comp over easy. Yeah. So Fires, I mean, Fires never really did anything for you. Wasn't on the playoff roster in 17. I understand he was on that team, has a ring, but wasn't on the playoff roster that, that year. Um, so you got to go Beard. Like, and, and Harden's still decent. Like, Harden's still a good basketball player. Harden's still going to put up numbers for you. James Harden's a far cry from 
what he was whenever he was in Houston and won an MVP. But James Harden's still productive. James Harden, when he's on the floor, is still going to be an asset for you. So it's got to be. It's it's easy. Yeah. It's easily so it's, James it's a Harden. no-brainer because he can get you buckets. He can still average, you know, 15, 20 points a game and maybe even give you eight to ten assists. And if he's playing alongside of Van Vliet, I mean, who can handle the rock and put him in a position to score? It's easier for him to get to spots where he needs the ball to score. He can have some success. Fires ain't coming back to help this team. Jack Easterby doesn't bring anything good to the table. I don't know how his sermons are. But other than that, and even with that, I don't think he's going to do anything positive. No. Harden's the only answer. I can give you a second question then. Okay. Okay. If Elon Musk builds a cannonball that can fire someone to the sun so they never come back to Earth, would you choose James Harden, Jack Easterby, or Mike Fires? So now it becomes the other two, and which one do you hate more? (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you had to pick one of the two guys, you could avoid all of the cheating scandal of 17 if Fires never does what he does. Or you could, avo- uh, you could avoid the worst. Oh, no, I mean, like, right now, like today. Just but like saying, you hate that person. Like, how much do you hate the person? Like, do you hate the fact that the Texans have gone through a complete rebuild and hit rock bottom, thanks to Jake, in part to Jack Easterby? Or do you hate more that the Astros had to deal with the cheating scandal and all the remnants? I think Fires is the... I don't want to say easier. It's not as easy an answer as James Harden was in the first part. But I think to me, Fires, if Fires doesn't do what he does, the Astros are reaping more benefits. They might be one of the darlings of Major League Baseball that that a lot lot of maybe any of this doesn't even come out. And the Astros are getting their due for both titles, this long, illustrious run of success in the golden era of Astros baseball. So I think for me, the answer is Fires. Because Easterby taking them where they might have gone anyway in terms of just rock bottom and not doing things well for a while is one thing where he deserves a lot of disdain. But I think if you can put him in a cannonball to the sun, I think fires is the easy answer. Yeah, see, Easterby ruined the franchise, but, like, I don't – I mean, do we have a reason to dislike Easterby personally other than he was a goofball and was way over qual- like underqualified for the position? Redfish, bluefish, whatever yeah, fish, I mean, fish. like, he's cheesy, corny, but, like, is he evil? Like yep. I think he had some evil tools. You think I don't know. He, just, I just, he I, fires had some pretty good some, allegations on him. I know, but Jackie Easterby just he reminds did. me of a pastor that like kept his door closed during Hurricane Harvey. So we could fire Easterby to the sun with Easterby uh, had some Holstein. some very shadiness to him, some very sliminess to him. But I don't think it was to the level of what fires did and the ramifications after he did it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not. I think this is easy. I think it's fires. I would go fires. I'm too. Team Easterby to the sun. See you really? later, buddy. I just think he sucks. Yeah, but if fires doesn't do what he does, look at all the extra love the Astros get, yeah, all the stuff they avoid. Yeah, I just think they would have got caught eventually. So someone else would have eventually would have come out. Like I don't think it's that different. Like, I think it would have come out across baseball, and I don't think it would have been just the Astros. Yeah, you're probably right, but I still think like the Astros would have been villainized more than others. Everybody would have been tight-lipped, Joe. I think the Yankees and Red Sox, having got caught twice in the Yankees' case or with the letter and everything, might be taking the same kind of heat. That stuff came out, though, right? Like, I mean, the, the Mookie Betts stuff where, like, yeah, we, we were cheating. Um, the, forget cheating the dude's now. name that went to the Dodgers just now, like the clubby or whatever. Kelly? Oh, the, the video the, guy. The video guy. Like, that stuff, I think, would have come out some point. At some point, the trash can stuff would have come up. Like same with like Eric Kratz, where he went on the Yes Network podcast and said the Rockies were using a massage gun on a metal oh, bench. Metal bench, yeah. <laughs> and like that's how they were doing it. They just weren't using a trash can. Yeah. I also, but I do enjoy like the trash can joke sometimes. Like I thought the Yuli one the other day was kind of funny. 
If people got offended by that, you suck. What happened? Yuli Gurriel fell into the netting and landed on top oh, of a trash right. can. There was like Yuli Gurriel reunited with his best friend. That's funny, man. Like it's like it's time to laugh at the joke. Who said that? It was all over Twitter. Really? And Astros fans. Got, I saw the play. Some I didn't Astros see the tweets. fans got upset. That was last all. night. It was like uh, no, it was last week. Oh, or like this week. Yeah, he weekend. like fell into the netting in the trash can. It was, it was funny. right there. It was funny. How unfortunate! It, it caught him though. 713-780-ESPN, the number to call right before a break. Uh, AP Top 25 came out yesterday. How excited are you for college football? And what do you make of these preseason AP Top 25 lists? Do you expect to be good this year in college as well? Skiller B's on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Something I, I expect to be good every single time and every single sip is Gentle Ben. I like a good drink at the end of the day. The vodka, the gin, the bourbon, all part of that rotation for me. And Gentle Ben Spirits does it all, and they do it better than anyone else. How do they do it? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits that you'll ever taste. Purification of Gentle Ben is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it. Try a sip of Gentle Ben vodka, gin, straight bourbon, or cast strength bourbon, and compare it to what you drink. You'll never go back. I've been a Gentle Ben, ban- a Gentle ben man ever since I had that first sip, because you get all all the flavor with none of the burn. It is smooth. It is clean. Eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store on your way home today. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar or just head to the Gentle Ben tasting room. Also, if you're going to an Astros game anytime soon, stop by the Gentle Ben bar right when you walk in the Union Station entrance. Head over to GentleBen.com to learn more about your new favorite Gentle Ben, period. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Love this song. Love when Christian Javier is pitching. More so lately because of his song than uh, Blankers is dancing right now and it is awful. I hope you're on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5 because it is comedy. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) I'm watching it on the Twitch as we speak. There you go. That is, uh, that's something. That's something there. Uh, Suavemente, Christian Javier has been anything but lately. Hopefully he gets it on track in Miami. I think it's a good spot for him. I think this is a good spot for him. It's a big ballpark, big outfield, a lineup that's it's solid. It's okay. You got Luis Arise, the most electric player in baseball. Solaire will take you deep if you make mistakes. Uh, Josh Bell's been a revelation for Boy, them. Well, he really has a wake-up call. He came over from three Cleveland. or four bombs since he came yeah. over. He takes some vicious hacks. He's a big dude. Vicious. He's a massive man. But remember, that's one that the Astros, where everybody, all the fans were really hoping that that was one of the guys they might have in the mix. They might have dodged one there. The uh, Bell? Well, yeah, yeah, he's a rental. Well, but I'm saying, but they, because he's from Texas and everything, they were talking about, oh, you know, go get him and then resign him and give him the money because he's worth it. And he was a switch hitter. Like yeah. all these things that could make him a great fit here, and they dodged a bullet by not going to do that. He had an awful start to the. He had he basically was awful in San Diego. Yeah, see, that's why I don't think he would have resigned because you're not going to do it after you trade for him at the deadline. You're going to wait till the off season, and because he was so poor after last year's trade deadline, he would have just gotten the Mancini treatment. I think, uh, but he's been really good in Miami. He, maybe that will go away, maybe not. But uh, Javier on the mound today against Johnny Cueto. This should be one that the Astros win. Uh, and also, if you missed it earlier, Yiner Diaz is catching Christian Javier. Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, Jordan, Yiner, Singleton, McCormick, Pena, Myers is the lineup. So you go with your defensive outfield with McCormick in left, Myers in center, Tucker in right, and you go with your offensive lineup because Yiner's in there instead of Martin Maldonado. Now, 
Is this a sign for things to come that Yiner Diaz is catching Christian Javier? I would doubt it. I think it's just to give him Martin Maldonado ready for Justin Verlander's start tomorrow. Not a kick the tires test run for what could be? I hope so. I hope so, too. I really do, because I think that you talk about a lineup that's got pop and potential. I'd really like to see it. And then, if you, like I said, and then there's there's still another level you could get to if Sprinkles and Icing comes back. But even if he doesn't, this is the kind of lineup that I need to see right now. I need to see more urgency. I need to see more of a focus on winning every single game you can if you truly have aspirations of catching the Rangers. Absolutely. you gotta, you got to have a little sense of urgency. Three and a half with 42 games left to play. Also, you mentioned the Brantley in case you missed it earlier. I didn't mention his name. I'm trying my best to not do that. My, oh, I'll mention it. Michael Brantley starting a rehab assignment. Uh, the Sugarland Space Cowboys, Uncle Mike is in the house. Brantley's scheduled to begin his rehab assignment here at Constellation Field tonight. You can get your tickets head over to Sugarland Space Cowboys. You can just listen on 92 ESPN 92.5. So Michael Brantley begins a rehab assignment today. Now, Michael Brantley's done this before. Michael Brantley actually completed a rehab assignment earlier this year. He was leaving his rehab assignment to join the team in Seattle, and inflammation arose. And it forced Michael Brantley to be shut down from playing in an organized baseball game until potentially tonight. So this is good news. It's a step in the right direction. But the last time Brantley went on a rehab assignment, it failed. Hopefully this one will take, and Michael Brantley could try to figure out a way to get back on this team, I would guess, no earlier than September 1st. You think it could have been like driving to the airport and he had to swerve out of the way real quick or something like that and something happened to the shoulder? Because, I mean, we were as close as it got, and everybody was getting these good reports, and then, no, we're shutting him all the way down. No, he's not going. No, he's done. Okay, well, I'm done with it. So uh, hopefully sprinkles and icing can make an appearance in a big league uniform at some point this regular season. Jeff Bagwell, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, but uh, step in the right direction. Hopefully it can work out for Brantley because it does help your team. It helps your team. Um, Astros-Marlins game two. See if the Astros can even the series. The AP Top 25 poll came out the other day, Blankers, which is really more than anything else because this really means nothing uh, other than, hey, these teams are good at football, says the media. This doesn't really you know, carry a whole lot of weight, doesn't carry water, but it reminds you that college football is right around the corner. It's less than three weeks away, three weeks away from college football beginning. The Houston Cougars, by the way, opening up against UTSA, who received votes in this poll. They didn't make the Top 25 but 29th, 29th most votes in college football. UTSA, good football Deserving game. it, yeah. So that's going to be fun to see Houston uh, kick it off with UTSA here in a few weeks. Three Texas schools in the top 25. Texas, number 11. They'll be coming to Houston this year. TCU, number 17. They'll be coming to Houston the, this year. And then Texas A&M, number 23. So those are the three Texas schools that are in the top 25. Uh, top five, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, USC's at six. So your normal teams that comprise the top ten. But football, right around the corner. And this poll, for me, just kind of resonates that college football is going to be here before we know it. Yeah, look, it's it's an exciting time when you're getting ready for your sports fix on a yearly basis. This is the time when everybody gears up. This is like the countdown to Christmas when you know that something really, really good is coming uh, down the pike and you can't wait. You can't wait for college football. You can't wait for regular season pro football. And then you know your life is just going to be consumed with great things to watch almost every single night for the next, what, six, eight months. It's going to be phenomenal. And that's what it says to me when you start seeing polls coming out and you start seeing, you know, fantasy football drafts happen and you're like, this is why we love sports. Yeah. It's uh Wisconsin's in the top twenty five too. You bullish They're on the Badgers away. this year. They're number nineteen. They're a year away. I think that 
Fickle's done already a phenomenal job recruiting. I think it's going to take a year or so to really kind of get everything established, his systems in place, the right players at every position. But I think that I think the I think he's going to make a difference in the Big Ten in in a year or two, and he's going to be right back to getting them consistently winning. I love Luke Fickle. He's a, I'm, he's I'm, a heck of a football I'm coach. bullish on Luke Fickle. Who's Joe George's college football team? Notre, uh, Notre Dame. Dame. Oh goodness, what? You're a Golden Domer. What am I supposed to root for? Northwestern and that yeah. scumbag program. Yeah, Illinois. Be loyal to the soil. Come on, isn't that closer to Chicago? Weren't you, yeah, South we Bend? Root, Weren't you a fan of Fitz and the Tantrums? And they're fine, but like I don't, I'm not a fan. Okay. Like I, so you're a Notre Damer, huh? Yeah. They're they number got, 13 in the country. Yeah, they got a tough schedule this year. Didn't you send them suggestions for the hazing? It's actually like really an easy schedule, except for when they play Ohio State, USC, and they're Clemson. Gonna, they're going to lose to Navy in the opener. Ooh. Possibly. They're going to fall. They're going to succumb to the triple option. I'm just excited. Navy's tough to prep for. I'm yeah. Like, what, you know what helps them, guy. though, is that it's the first game of the yeah. year. Like, if it was the second game right of the, the year, you prep the for another team, yeah. and then well, you have Navy but, on, like, five, you know, a normal week. That, that The fact that Navy's first actually is. But beneficial. it's not in this country. Is, is it, it Ireland? Ireland again? It's in Ireland. Yeah, that's fine. No, I just think it's interesting. So like, they're they're playing the week before then. Didn't playing, they do this last year too? Playing, so they're playing in two weeks. They're playing next week. So they're playing a week from wow. Saturday. Yeah. The Irish. What is it called? Like the Irish kickoff? Or? Yeah, I don't even know what they're calling. It, but yeah, they play the twenty sixth. I like that game. So they could be zero and one cool. before everyone else. Yeah. Didn't they do this last year too? I think it was a couple years ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah, I think, I think it was pre-pandemic. Didn't they do it with Northwestern once? Yes, they did. Yeah. Maybe it was like two years ago then. I think, yeah, I remember um, them doing it with Northwestern. Uh, I think that's right. I think Clemson is the team I'm most curious about this year and what Kate Klubnick's going to do. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him play. Because, like, they should be one of the four best teams at the end of the season, I think. Man, you're bullish on Clemson. Clemson? You think they're the yeah. best team in the ACC? I, I mean, it'll be them or Florida State, but it's going to be good. I mean, they play. We're not talking Carolina at all? Yeah. Nah. Florida State's going to be really good. I was Florida State to, should be really good. I was talking to Trap last night. You know, he's pro Florida State all the time, but he's got a reason to be this year. It's going to be interesting because they play week four. So it's like, early. I, feel I wish like they played later, actually. Their season, like, both teams could just start and end week four. Man, they're probably good enough, both of them, where they can avoid – they can, they could, you know, sustain one loss. But the ACC's not. That's true. I, that's where, like, I think the ACC's not. So, like, to, to make the Final Four, you're probably going to have to be a, a no-loss team or a one-loss team. Corey says, I feel like Texas Tech is getting overlooked. I think they will Texas finish Tech. top three in the Big 12 and could contend for the Big 12 title. McGuire is moving them quickly in the right direction. I would agree that they are yeah. moving the right direction now. They're 26th in the yeah, AP. I mean, they're, like, they're I, getting some looks. Some people even call them like a dark horse national title. I saw that contender. on ESPN today. One of the guys at ESPN said that. Said that Texas Tech is a possible dark horse for the national title. Yeah, I think that they're, they are really good. But I, I don't know if they're being necessarily overlooked. Like you're 26 in the preseason poll. You have people on you're ESPN 20, calling you a dark. Is the quarterback they got better than the, the one you guys poll. got now? I mean, he won the job last year. Was okay. it? I can't pronounce. It's it like Show or Show. It's S H O U G H. Good, good looking player. Okay. Good looking player. Now the uh, Donovan Smith who transferred from Tech to Houston. He, he's battling it out with Lucas Coley for the for the starting job. I, I think that the I think Houston's going to be better than people think too. I, I'm excited for the first season. I hope so in the Big Twelve. I can't. I still. I can't reeling that Joe George is a. Golden you Dumber. didn't know Why? that? I don't know if I I've known that, that forever. What, what did you think I was going to root for? Northwestern. Why? As you should, because they're closer to Chicago. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm too stupid to go there. Did so you go? Did you? Them? Did you go to Notre Dame? Notre Dame ain't exactly uh, an easy no, educational experience. But everyone in Illinois roots for Notre Dame because it's all we got. Where did you go to school? I went to an art school. They don't have a football team. <laughs> no. Well, they have paintbrushes and spray. We had a quit, Dame, Quidditch man. team. Play like What's a the difference in, today? between Notre Dame and South Bend? To Chicago and Northwestern. Far. 
not that you different. can't even get there on a train. Was, I didn't think it's it was not, that it's different. Not that it's not that different, different at all. It's, it's like, in a different state. So I, what? I know, but they're both like two hours. Can you get there on a train? Yes. Did you make that up? Uh, you can get he might have. <laughs> like Based on the up. answer, he might have. All right, close. that does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for all his hard work. He's blank. I'm Brad. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston.